Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming to you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Today's episode, we have Matt Koff, a stand-up comedian and a writer for The Daily Show. He is also part of The Daily Show Writers Tour, which will be seen on March 14th. There will be this upcoming Saturday, depending on when you listen to it, at the Wilbur Theater in Boston. Absolutely cannot recommend going to this tour enough. Uh, it's a great price. The great comedians. I went to it when it came to Providence. That's kind of how this came out. This episode happened. Uh, Matt Koff is on it. Adam Lowitz, Trayvon Free. And I, when I went to it, it was a correspondent. I don't know if that's every show. Anyway, it's, it's like if you're a fan of The Daily Show, it's amazing. And if you just love comedy and not spending a ton of money, also worth it. Because uh, all those guys were really funny when we saw them. And Matt Koff was actually the one I really liked the most. So I was really happy to get him on the show. I he's just so funny, kind of a dry sense of humor, sarcastic, sarcasticish. Like if I mean, if you're a fan of like Mike Lawrence, I think you're gonna be, a, or like maybe even like David Cross. Like you'll 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 like Matt Koff. Either way, he's just in this episode. He's really nice and he's really funny in the episode. Uh, it was just such a pleasure to have him on. Uh, we have guest host Nate Peavy, who's been on the show a bunch of times. You can look through the previous episodes and see him on here. And he will be back uh, in uh, some episodes as well. Uh, we've had two other people. I've had two other people from The Daily Show on here so far. I have warm-up comedian Kevin Bartini and uh, Adam Lash, who used to intern there and who's been in some of the skits. So it's it's cool. I mean, it's I'm so excited to have anyone tied to The Daily Show. Cause, like, I, I really like that show. M- Matt gave me a, a, run- a really cool moment from doing the show. I was watching The Daily Show a couple weeks ago. The episode when Conan O'Brien was on and... He was coming on to promote his thing from Cuba, and they're doing some fun bit. And I was like, "Hey, that looks!" They did like a picture of one of their staffs, or something. I forgot the bit. It was a congressman wasting money, getting caught on Instagram. And uh, so all of a sudden, I'm like, "Hey, that guy looks like Matt." I just interviewed him, and all of a sudden, John Stewart yells out, "Matt Cough!" And I was with my wife, and I was like, "Oh my god, I had him on the podcast." I've I've never interviewed someone and seen them on TV, so it was a, it was really cool. It was a really cool feeling. Make sure you check out Matt Koff on mattkoff.com. He's on Twitter, just Matt Koff. And uh, you know, go to the the Daily Show Writers Tour. It's so fun. Uh, if you are listening to this today, there's Saturday, March fourteenth, Wilbur Theater in Boston. Can't beat it. I will I might be going to it. I'm not sure yet. Gotta see where I'm what I'm doing next week. Um and anyway, thank you so much for checking out the show. Uh, please check us out on our new podcast network, themisfitsnetwork.com. Follow them on Twitter. And make sure you, you uh, like the page, the Facebook page. Follow us on the Twitter. Email us at letschatpodcast.gmail.com. Leave a review. And I'm so excited that we are going to be announcing a new, a new sponsor today, the Charity Strike Sports Podcast. You're going to hear a little bit of a commercial, then some music, and we'll get right to the episode. The Charity Strike Sports Podcast. It's really funny. I'm hoping to get uh, the amount of guests at some point. So, uh, yeah, let's get to it. Hey, everybody. It's Rebound from the Charity Strike. Sitting across me, the annoying, as always, Trigger Mike. And the lovely and sexy, as always, Jenny O. Hello, boys. Hey there. Dude, why would anybody listen to us? Well, you know. No, 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 no. Oh. I got this. Please. Uh, well, partially because since I'm the only girl that actually listens to your show, I do find your voices very, very sexy. Well, for one reason, you should listen to us because Jenny O likes to lie about us. It's not a lie. Also, we talk about some sports, and we try to pretend we're funny. And uh, every now and then, we got Jenny O on the show. If her voice is not enough to lure you into listening to us, I don't know what it's going to take. Tim Tebow. Mike's still talking. But anyways, make sure you guys <laughs> check us out at thecharitystrike.com. You can also find us at facebook.com slash thecharitystrike. And you know we're on iTunes. I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Debris Funk, Master Flex, Love, Funk, Star, Ski I am, I'm wearing pajama pants Nice Oh wow Are you in adult <laughs> pants, Nate? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in pajamas as well yeah. It's way too damn cold Oh my god, it doesn't my apartment won't get past 58 degrees, even with the heat on, just because of the way it is. It's fucking freezing in here. That's fabulous. Well, I mean, I feel like we probably, maybe we should do intros. Yeah. 
you want to say, I suppose you should begin, Chris. I'm Chris. I'm Nathan. I'm I'm Matt. <laughs> He's the <laughs> guest. Um, and yeah, Chris, I, tell us a little bit. Yeah, tell, yeah. Everyone, everyone, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm not that important, but um, more importantly than anything, I had to just uh, suffer watching Fifty Shades of Grey because of the snowstorm on Saturday, so I had to go see it today with my wife, and it was as bad as you would think it is. What was so bad about it? It wasn't enough sex in it, and the acting was just <laughs> terrible. Like, just so terrible. Like, I... There, there was a couple of spots where they tried to have, like, humor in it, and when humor... Mm-hmm. When, like, jokes just fail, it's, like, kind of painful and awkward. It was kind of funny. There's two spots, I can't remember what they said, but, like, they tried to make a joke, and the whole theater just sat there silent. Oh, man. It was pretty great. But I got five guys afterwards, so that was, like, the deal. Oh, okay. That was your... <laughs> that was, that was my hand to the bargain. Movie. Yeah, I was like... Get bribed with burgers. I was like, but I'm gonna burger, damn It's a good bribe, I mean. Yeah, no. I didn't argue. She's like, I want to see this movie. I was like, you want to see a movie about sex? Okay, I'll go to that. <laughs> is your, your movie wife... about, like... Oh, sorry, go. Oh, I want to know, uh, Chris, does your wife hate Five Guys? Or no, she, think she she, she won because she liked it. she saw the movie she wanted and got to eat Five Guys. Oh yeah, so really that's not even a bargain. She would have to not want to eat Five Guys. Yeah, yeah. I've learned I, there's you know it was just a movie, so I was like, I, the only time I've ever been really like that mad that she brought me to a movie was uh, Les Misérables. Is that what's called? Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Les Misérables. I I hated it so much. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I fell asleep. For yeah, I heard that sucked. I mean, it was it was like Russell Crowe just being being Russell Crowe. He clearly can't they. Sing? Yeah, clearly nobody who had produced the movie like saw that he was already in a band, so they should have had experience <laughs> with him singing. What what band is he in? Oh, was I don't it called? Remember. All right, this yeah. is going to be weird if this is right. Is it Thirty Six Crazy Fist or something weird like that? Um, I hope so because that's an awesome. That's a ridiculous name for a band. <laughs> And then, like, I remember Keanu Reeves had a band called Dog Star. There was that wave yeah. in, like, the late 90s where, like, actors had bands but weren't good at it. Like, before Jared Leto was good at it. Well, there's Bruce what? Willis, too. Oh, yeah. And there's also the Blues Brothers. That's from the 70s. Oh, that's that, that's true. Although that's, you know... <laughs> I guess that's a band or or just a comedy sketch that... <laughs> went, went too on. far. Went actually, way too far. I actually really like those movies. I don't know if that's a popular opinion or not. Oh, I, you know, like Blues Brothers two thousand too. Yeah, I know movies. I I never think of the the second one, but there is yeah. There's more than one. I, there was I more don't think I've seen. Yeah, I, I can't believe they made two thousand of those things. Huh. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. I would have stopped at maybe fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred and one. That's that's too far. That's like yeah, a, oh magic my. number fifteen hundred. Uh, yeah, that's great. I, yeah, um, I know. I've never actually seen either of the Blues Brothers movies, but I actually don't. I don't know what the premise is uh, of the Blues Brothers. Is it is it just that you know? We're Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, and and we're and we're blues singers. Like I don't get what the joke is, because you know they'll, they'll really just perform just entire song. It's just like, oh, we're not blues singers, but we're pretending to be. Like they're just two kind of cool guys that go on adventures. I guess I don't know. Okay, yeah. The thing is, <laughs> I think I've the premise was just movies. that everyone was on a lot of cocaine back in the seventies. Yeah, <laughs> especially Belushi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That did uh, uh, that not that not ended well for him. No, it did not. <laughs> and and uh, Dan Aykroyd is like a vodka sponsor or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the crystal, crystal head vodka. vodka. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's filtered through diamonds, guys. It's filtered through diamonds. Does that? I don't know anything about vodka, so I don't know if that matters. Probably not. And do you think it's the skull from the Indiana Jones movie, the latest one? <laughs> just to like um, just to piss you off a little. I think it might be. That was the only way I would drink it. Um, well, we have. Well, um, so Matt, me and Nate went to uh, the Daily Show. Was it called the Daily Show Writers Tour? Yeah, yeah. Is its official name? I, actually, my wife and I were supposed to go, and then the night of, she got really sick, 
And then uh, uh, Nate was cool. I was like, hey, do you want to go? And he said, sure. And um, that's basically – And actually, I feel kind of embarrassed because me and Nate liked your act the best, but I confused your name. I kept thinking your name was Adam Koff, and I could never find you online. I was like, why why was that guy so funny but not have Twitter? (laughs) Yeah, that would be ridiculous. Uh, No, that's funny you say that because my middle name is Adam. Oh, weird. And yet I never – Yeah. you know, and such an uh, odd turn of events. The only way I ever figured out your full name was, um, I, I think you must know Kevin Bartini, the warm-up guy for The Daily Show where you work. Um, you know, it's funny. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I do. I think I have met him a couple of times. I know they wrote I, but I Yeah, they do. I mean, I think Paul Mercurio is the uh, is more of the regular guy. Um, yeah, I think he was, when he said, I think he did more Colbert. And now he's doing uh, Wilmore. Yeah, I, I'm i trying to think. Actually, as long as I have a computer in front of me, <laughs> um, I don't, I, maybe, yeah, I think I've met this guy. If he doesn't, I am like, I guess I'm in trouble. I don't know. but <laughs> No, it's fine. But he was I the one to tell me, happen. he was the one who helped me out to figure out who you were. I was like, oh. Cause he, he so was, he knows who I am. Well, I think he knew Adam, what's uh, Adam Lowe, it's better. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so I think he was the one. I was like, oh, yeah, he knew he, he knew your name at least, and then he didn't say, yeah, that's about. So obviously, well, I would imagine if you work anywhere, like I, well, my office is pretty small, but I've had jobs where I've worked there for a few years and still never knew everyone's name by the end of it. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, the, I think this is definitely one of those things. So plus, you know, the writers are just a little bit separate from the whole, like you know, from the warm up comics you know and and the whole studio thing i mean it's in the same building but it's a whole separate operation you know yeah mercurio he's a providence guy that's where nate and i are based out of right now well that's where we live as well but yeah he's oh pretty, i didn't i didn't know that yeah his yeah. podcast is awesome um the paul mercurio show but yeah then every t- he's got that thick i've never i don't know him personally but he's got that really thick rhode island accent is that is that really a rhode island accent yeah, well, neither, Nate and I aren't from here, but yeah, it's kind of like Long Island and Boston had a baby, and it was somehow worse, and New Jersey, like all of the worst <laughs> accents, and then somehow... Yeah, that's so weird. That's it's awful. I, I don't understand. Yeah, I just assumed he was from like the New York, Long Island, Brooklyn area. Oh, yeah, no, straight Providence, like the accentuated A's, and like, it's almost oh, like Sopranos talk, but like with a little bit of a more attitude. Yeah, he seems like he's from New Jersey. That's so strange. Yeah, my wife is uh, from New Jersey, and like she's the first one in her family, like since her, her, her like, you know, great grandparents came over here on a boat, who's left New Jersey. I was like, yeah, but is it really? You, you came to Providence. You went from one highly densely populated Italian area to another. Yeah, right. <laughs> where, where are you guys from originally, then? Um. Well, me, I'm from Southern Mass, sort of okay. halfway between here and Boston. So. Not too much of a stretch. I'm from uh, Connecticut, like uh, the central central Connecticut, Meriden. Oh, okay. So basically, just New England guys. Nothing exciting. (laughs) Where are you from? I'm. uh, Well, it's not exciting either. I'm. uh, I'm. I'm from Westchester, which is just like north of the city. Scarsboro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know your area. Yeah. Oh, you're familiar. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Yeah. Well, you have a. I remember at one point I had a friend who went to Concordia in Bronxville, so we, I remember visiting and going through that and like Nanuet and like White Plains and all that stuff. Yeah, White Plains, Galleria. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of malls there. Yeah. Oh my God. For, yeah. I remember I worked at the summer camp in uh, Warwick, New York. I don't know if you're familiar, but like kind of like on the. Oh, I yeah. I, I used to date someone who was from Warwick. Nice, nice area, but like we had a night drive-in off. Drive-in movie theater. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the drive-in. I love that thing. Yeah. I I saw many movies there, and uh, me too. Not nothing. I was always working at the camp with, but so it's never anything really that exciting. It was more like night off. Yeah. Shop right over the drive-in theater. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> we uh we drove to the mall. Do you know the? You must know the mall of Middletown, New York. Oh yeah, I think yeah. My sister lives um, 
Are you talking about Woodbury Commons, or am I thinking of somewhere else? I don't know the name, but I remember this is years ago. I was probably in high school, and we had uh-huh. a night off, so we went to the mall in Middletown, New York, and apparently there's a high ratio nearby of uh, Hasidic Jews. And yeah. uh, we went to the mall, I don't know what night it was, and we were the only people in the mall that weren't Hasidic Jews. Right. It was one yeah. of those, it was very odd. Ex- I mean, I'm talking like, there's like probably like 4,000 people there, and then it was just us. And it was, uh, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, did you guys party with Hasidic Jews? <laughs> no, they <laughs> not at all. Uh, no? They're kind of, I don't, it's so hard not to say this to be offensive, they all seem like dicks. <laughs> Uh, no, yeah, I mean, I, I myself am Jewish, and I feel the same way. Nate I, is also Jewish, so I guess yeah. I, I get a pass for saying that, right? <laughs> hey, it's fine fine by me. Yeah, all my Jews, uh, they're like a very conservative sect of Judaism. Mm-hmm. It's my understanding, I don't know much. But I just remember getting a lot of weird looks. Um, yeah, probably because you're not one of them. I think that's generally at a mall. How it works. At a, and you're yeah, you're at a mall. Yeah, I, I they, there are a lot of them in Brooklyn, as you might know, and uh, they have this thing where you know if, if you bike through their area of Williamsburg, like they will they have this thing where they need to like try to cross b- before you, even though they're on foot and you're on a bike, <laughs> and it's like. They'll like push their baby carriages out in front of you, and I'm like, I, I don't want to run over your children, but you seem to really be in a rush. Uh, oh, I will. It's very, yeah, it's very, very bizarre. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I've been to that part of Brooklyn a couple of times, and I was like, huh, okay. Yeah, they're very fast, aggressive walkers. Isn't there uh, some we- weird yeah. thing that, like, oh, I don't know. There's all these, like, weird loopholes. I remember... I met on some, like, tangent. I used to work overnights at one point in life, so I'd listen to podcasts and, like, read all these obscure things, and it was it was, it was someone talking about all these obscure loopholes that Hasidic Jews have in that particular part of Brooklyn. Like, you can't work on the Sabbath, but this guy would, like, tie some sort of string around a certain area. I, don't, I can't even remember it, but it was all these, like, weird little loopholes they would have to avoid their own laws. Oh, really? Yeah, it's... That doesn't surprise me. I mean, it reminds me of, uh, I guess, have you heard that Sarah Silverman joke about, like, Hasidic men who wear suits in the summer? It's like, God won't mind if you wear a nice cotton blend once in a while. You know? (laughs) I love Sarah Silverman. I went to the Oddball Comedy Fest. Uh, oh, yeah. Came around here. Um, I, I got it on Groupon, so it was like, all right. Which ended up being like the deal of the century because it was like Silverman, Amy Schumer, Louis C.K., David Tell, uh, yeah, a bunch of wow. other people. Uh, I think Brody Stevens was like the 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 the, the opener, like the, the the host of that particular one. And okay, yeah. Which fuck, I, I I like him a lot. Yeah, um, he's great. He's so funny. But yeah, when your the Daily Show thing came up here, we were super excited because like Providence comedy scene that I know of isn't really that large, and uh, so it was really cool to see like more. We've been that particular theater had just opened up, re- reopened, so it was like really exciting to see that. So I mean, me and Nate were super excited. I know uh, Kyle Canaan's coming through pretty soon. I'm I'm gonna go see that. Oh, awesome! Know. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, that theater was like so so awesome that. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been backstage there, but there's like a really cool room with just like LPs. It's like a little clubhouse. It's pretty awesome. Oh man! Uh, and uh, yeah, so like two of us were jamming out, listening to LPs, and the other two, me and Adam Lowett, were like desperately trying to remember our jokes. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I think that was actually the first. That was the first night of that that leg of it, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jordan Clapper was there too, which because I think it advertised yeah. with somebody else, and then he was there. I was like, oh wow, that's that's impressive because that's not like a a drive and turn around. I mean, I guess you could do with the drive and back in the day, but it's it's a hike. I've done it. Yeah. Um, no, we we did stay the night in, in I think a Comfort Inn. Ooh. If I'm if I'm was, not mistaken, was it's it a Comfort, comfort right Inn? In in the name, a, so you know it's good. Yeah. <laughs> was it in Providence or one of the towns surrounding it? I think just outside of yeah. Providence. I know we took maybe like a 10, 15-minute cab ride back. 
Um, yeah. That sounds about right, because the hotels in Providence are really... Ex- Providence itself is a really cool city, but the surrounding areas are pretty fucking lame. So don't judge oh, it yeah. just by uh, Warwick or Cranston comfort in. <laughs> yeah, it might have been Cranston. That sounds familiar. But it was yeah. just like, I didn't feel 100% safe there. Yeah, that sounds that. about right. <laughs> that's Cranston, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's good comedy. Uh, <laughs> good yeah, comedy right. is not safe. Encrypted. That's right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta live on the edge, uh, <laughs> and and get stabbed in your sleep. Um, yeah, but uh, it was cool. I really liked uh, Providence. I'd never been there. There was like a whole uh, street fair. I, I yeah, we didn't really get to spend a lot of time there. But I remember a lot of outdoor tents and stuff. Uh, is that like a year round thing, or do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe I'm. It's possible I'm like mis. No, no, that sounds very likely. I live like two minutes from that venue, so it mm. could have been a whole different side of town that I just didn't go to that day. Right. Because <laughs> it's like I could like walk to that venue. Yeah, well, we we had, we like uh, decided to like eat before, like maybe an hour before the show, and like the food took forever. Did you uh, guys go to Julian's by any chance? God, I can't. It, it was probably uh, like right next door, right? It was pretty close. And real um, hipsterish. It was very hipsterish. Yeah, you went to Julian's. They're really good, but you have to wait forever, and they're always dicks. But the food's good. But <laughs> I don't go there because of that. Like I just I can't handle like waiting like an hour for a fucking meal. Um, wait, I'm trying to look online to see if I think yeah I think that's it. Yeah, it's like walking distance. <laughs> yeah, walking distance. Right. Yes, that was it. Julian's, you sons of bitches. It's got to be rough with, like, somebody just saying, somebody from out of town saying, we waited forever, and Chris just instantly knows what you're talking about. (laughs) Because Providence has quite the big food scene, and that's one of those spots that, like, everyone loves. And I really like it, but I just don't go there, because it's like, I ain't waiting. Fuck that. (laughs) Yeah, we were just, it was very, like, I think we were just like, all right, we're going to go. We're going to go. I swear to God. (laughs) And then, you know, but... You know, we all, were like, oh, you, they probably made our food, so we don't want to just waste food. Wait, you got to eat. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think we ended up just sort of like getting it to go and eating it cold, and you know, backstage. <laughs> and I was like, God <laughs> damn you, Providence! Um, <laughs> so that, that's why I'll never. Uh, that's why I'll never come back to your to your town. Just kidding. No, just kidding. Um, of course, you, do you must get that, like, when you go out and do a date, and then you must get people on Twitter and Facebook, come to my town, and be like, I was just there, you motherfucker. <laughs> that has happened, yeah, a couple of times. It's like, ah, pay attention, you, you lousy cunts. Yeah. Uh, no, I I would never say, uh, call anyone who's interested in seeing me a, a lousy cunt. Just... Maybe a mildly annoying cunt. Slightly annoyed cunt. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but it's the, the tour's been fun, though. I mean, uh, it's, it's taken us to, you know, some fun places. We just did a uh, synagogue in uh, Washington, D.C., uh, called Sixth and I. Um, that was super fun. Uh, yeah, it's fun because uh, a lot of times when you're in New York City... You perform for a lot of people who aren't necessarily into uh, your style of comedy. Like, a lot of times it's, like, Times Square comedy clubs. Oh, God. You know, and it's just, like, these these tourists who, who don't even... They've just sort of been dragged in by, you know, comedy barkers. Oh, it's God, like, hey, yeah. do you like comedy? Yeah, and so it's, like, they're there, but they don't really even necessarily speak English or, you know, they don't know why they're there, so you... And then, like, I, I'm a little bit of a, you know, I guess you might say my sensibility is a little bit weird. So if, you know, the, a lot of times I'm just, like, there and I feel like I'm not communicating with them. They, they, they don't know wh- what I'm saying or why I'm saying it. So it's nice to just be, like, if, if you're performing for a crowd that likes The Daily Show, it's like, at least I know that they sort of like, you know, a type of thing that is similar to what I do, you know? Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I, I thought your uh, your comedy definitely kind of fit in more with like I, for lack of the better word, but like the alt scene. 
Yeah, it's a little bit alty. Yeah, Which, right uh, up my alley. Like I feel like if oh, like cool. you and like Mike Lawrence went on tour together, that it would just like destroy. <laughs> yeah, Mike Lawrence is uh, is great. I, I have actually opened for him. Uh, yeah, one time I, I opened at uh, Caroline's for him, which is which is a very exciting thing. And you know, I, I've when I first started doing open mics, he was there. You know doing like every single open mic I would go to Mike Lawrence would be there and uh you know he's always great um uh yeah that, well, I that saw you fun. uh you toured with uh Oliver and Michael Ian Black which that must have mm. been fucking perfect that must have fit in real well uh yeah it was it was great well actually Oliver uh I mean it was my first chance uh, to to meet him because this was before I uh Got my job at, at the Daily Show, um, but yeah, he was a super nice guy. Uh, the audience was surprisingly a little bit older, um, even than like more so than like the. I think I feel like the tours have been. I I don't know why, but you would think maybe people who who know that Oliver would skew a little bit younger, but there were definitely some older people in the audience. And I, if, maybe if they just felt, knew that there was a British guy named Oliver there, and they were just were yeah, they knew right. they were going to be delighted. Exactly right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear there's an orphan uh, who's a chimney sweep and <laughs> and wants some more of something. Um, yeah, they were. Uh, uh, you know that that was <laughs> that. So I did four shows with Oliver at the Stress Factory. This is in New Jersey, and uh, wait, is that New Brunswick? Yeah, New Brunswick, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've, uh, some I, uh, people were confused. I don't know. I totally walked by Artie Lang there once. Oh, really? <laughs> like, Memorial Day weekend, uh, my friend was playing, like, right across the street at the Court Tavern, and we were going from, like, I don't know, like, 7-Eleven or some bullshit to there, and I I locked out, so I'm like, it said, like, performing tonight, Artie like a movie, he was like, performing tonight, Artie Lang, and then he was standing outside smoking a cigarette. I was like, huh, oh, I wonder if this is normal, because I've only had been to New Brunswick, like, twice before that. Right, yeah. Apparently that's uh, supposed to be a pretty good room. Uh, it was. It was fun. It was. It was an emotional roller coaster because I feel like he was the the most famous person that you know at that point that I had opened for. It was like before his. You know, he really broke out, and uh, I think he was just gearing up to start hosting the Daily Show for that period. Uh, so he was he was famous, but not like super famous the way he is now, uh, and like. Um, so I was a little bit nervous. So some shows I did really well, and uh, you know some shows I think people were a little bit confused. Um, I, I've only really been doing like stand up uh, since 2010, so I feel like I'm still even now like smoothing out the edges and like you know uh, sort of figuring out how to like adapt to different crowds who have no idea who I am or, you know what I mean? Or Yeah. That kind of comes with touring. I know from, other yeah, Canadians. right. Exactly. When you do yeah. the Midwest and the South and West coast, like different things. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've been to the Midwest and I've had a couple good gigs there, but then last year, uh, I don't know if you know Shang Wang, but I opened for him. Shang Wang is like one, one of my favorite comedians. Um, and, and he did this, gig uh this weekend at a uh casino it was easter weekend last year at a casino in the midwest called mystic lake and that was just like one of the hardest comedy experiences <laughs> i've ever had just people it was just like the the silence was deafening oh, i had to do like 25 minutes to two shows uh a night for for two nights but it was just like Three of the four shows were just the the worst. Like people, I, it was it was really like people just didn't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> like well, I casinos are a different fucking beast altogether because no one's there yeah. for comedy; they're just there. Right? Yeah, because they're around. alcoholics and exactly gambling right. addicts. <laughs> yes, pensioners and alcoholics. Yeah. <laughs> so you were performing yeah, so. for like my grandma and stuff. <laughs> Exactly. They were like they were waiting to die, <laughs> and they wanted to do it in front of us. <laughs> How can they make you more uncomfortable? 
They're just like, this is the last thing I'm going to be hearing? Jesus. John Oliver was just... Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, he was just... He came to the casino in Connecticut, and it was him and Mike Lawrence, so I was like, I really wanted to go to it, but then, like, casinos fucking hike up the price, so it would have been, like, $150 for me and my wife to go, and I was like... Wow. Sorry. And it's, you know, it's not John Oliver's fault. It's just the way casinos are. They just fucking destroy you with prices. Right, yeah. I hope that he took a big payday. Like, I just, that's, you know, but that's. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I know. It's just, you you get the sense that. I mean, it's Ticketmaster. It's not, like, the comedian's fault. Right, exactly, yeah. Um,. I mean, you know, I guess it's like that, you know, they do it because there are people who are willing to pay. Uh, but even, even sometimes I feel like, you know, are people who are willing to pay that much, are they just like, do they even know who they're paying to see? Or yeah. is it just like, must be good because it costs that much. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it was one of those things where it's like a $50 ticket, and John Oliver, $50 ticket, I think that's a very fair price for a casino, right? But then they right. add like $20 in fees that when you try to process, you're like, oh. And, and that's, that's not, is that Ticketmaster, or is that like... Yeah. Or the casino. Oh, so it is. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's like between the two of them. Yeah. yeah. One time I went to a concert, I went to a show at Webster, I think it's Webster Hall in New York City, and I had to pay a parking fee for a venue that didn't even have a parking lot. Holy crap. It's just, you know, one of those things, like, they just destroy you. Like, the ticket price is always low, and all that money goes to the artist. Well, not all of it, but, you know, that's, but then, like, then they keep all the fees for themselves, and it just frustrates me, but, um, so, it was funny when you say, when you came to Providence, I felt like, uh, well, me and Nate talked after about it, and, uh, it was you, Adam Lowitz, Trayvon Free, and then Jordan Clapper, and no, everyone was really funny. But it, mm-hmm. I, you, me and Nate identify with your act the most. I felt and like I felt like <laughs> you were the most polished of them. Like not they were all great, but like your yours was the most non daily. Had nothing to do with the Daily Show at all. It was just like oh, I happen well. to be here because I work there and I'm gonna kill it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, well, I have to agree. I I, I am superior to them and in, in pretty much every way. Also as a human being absolutely right uh, they'll never hear this that's fine (laughs) unless you force them to which that's greatly appreciated yeah uh, especially yeah only the part about me shitting all over them if Um, you just want to cut like i can send you that mp3 and you can walk around the daily show playing that in front of them (laughs) exactly listen to this guys it has to be true it's not a podcast yeah right random guys from providence (laughs) and they'll be like Uh, good job matt bunch of dudes liked you and maybe it's like yep yeah right the dudes have spoken it's, um weird acts always get weird dudes it's never go- gorgeous <laughs> young ladies that's true i'm not on a lot of gorgeous young ladies podcasts yeah, sorry. um couple that's of, okay one of these days couple of that's life man you keep plugging at it you know um yeah yeah i i will uh well no no that that's uh <laughs> When you say, I'm curious, when you say you identified, uh, do you mean just that, like, uh, you were like, oh, that, that, like, what what do you mean exactly? I'm not fishing, I'm just curious. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. Oh, man, that, like, so I had never ever heard of you in my entire life that night. Sure. And uh, your sense of, like, your, uh, (laughs) wow, that was the opposite of what I meant to do. (laughs) No, it was just my style of comedy that I I, I genuinely love, like, that, I don't know, because it's not, like, snarky. Because I think Michael Ian Black, which I like, but sometimes a little too mm. snark for me. But like, right. I don't know what what the, Nate. You're better with words than I am. But like, it was right uh, the kind of comedy that I like. I was like, yes. Like you oh, had that cool. whole thing about uh work the re- rejected uh game show oh, jokes. Yeah, newlywed game. Yeah, right. <laughs> me and Nate were like laughing. So- I remember like almost like pissing myself. I was laughing so hard. Oh man, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, that, that's cool. Yeah. People don't know this, but I actually... Well, people just assume that that bit is totally made up when it's really only half made up. I I actually did work at the Newlywed Game on the Game Show Network, uh, and and they did not like my work. I was, I was there for season five, was not asked back for season six, 
because they were like, your stuff is too dark. Dark, um, that's the word, man. Yeah. yeah, that's the word. Thanks, Nate. No, I'm just kidding. No problem. <laughs> oh, oh, dark in terms of describing my jokes in general? Or? Yeah, like yeah. dark humor. But like, um, you know, who I also... Sort of like, just that sort of like straight-faced, kind of like weird but dark thing, I think. Right, right, yeah. I, yeah, I... I uh, thanks. Yeah, I mean that's definitely what I'm going for, and uh, and I, I I know what you mean about snark, and a lot of times you know it seems like, and I there are a lot of comedians that I like that do this that are just like you could kind of like sum up the general idea of their act of like how about this asshole and just like making fun of some asshole where it's like sort of like what I try to do is I try to be the asshole. Instead of being like, hey, how about this asshole I saw on the street the other day? Uh, I, tr- I like to try and be like the character that is the object of ridicule, if that makes any sense. No, absolutely. absolutely. I think that kind of yeah. works, too, because it's like, you know, everyone, there's a certain, when people go with a snarky route, it's like um, they're kind of above all of the assholes in the world. But like, realistically right, speaking, exactly. like. Realistically speaking, like we are those assholes most of the time. I know. I, I feel like an asshole a hundred percent of the time, and I and most of the time, like I get angry at people, but you know, and I, I get annoyed with people, but I'm equally, if not more so, annoyed. And I, and I usually just feel like the idiot. So it seems weird for me to go on stage and be like, "This other guy's an idiot." That's not true. <laughs> I'm the idiot. And I want you all to know it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's cool to hear. Yeah, no, I mean that's. I know it's hard to hear compliments. Sorry. It is. Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) People hate it. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's weird because it's like. uh, Yeah, that's it's been fun because yeah, no nobody knows who the hell I am, and that's that that is a cool compliment that people actually remember me, even though like I'm not someone who's on camera at all. So. Uh, that's sort of my master plan. One by one, I'm just going to <laughs> accrue Eventually fans. You'll be on everyone's podcasts. Yeah, one, yeah. Any, uh, yeah. Anyone who'll have me on their podcast. Uh, <laughs> An open call. Any, yes. Well, actually, that's how I, I got um, Kevin. Um, I had Kevin Barti, the guy that you don't know, but all knew you. Yeah. On uh, was he had just put out another stand-up album, and then I had his friend on who I met through Twitter, Adam Lash, who. Some years ago, interned there, and then, oh, I see. what's that? Oh, sorry, no, yeah, go. Oh, on. yeah. So he interned at the Daily Show. At some, I don't know when, a while back, and then that's how we got connected. And I was talking to Kevin about it, and he's like, "Oh, it's great. Like, go on a bunch, sit in, sit at home in your pajamas, talk on Skype to some stranger for an hour, and then like, number of people could hear me, and it's like nothing happens, nothing happens, and it's fucking easy. It's like going on tour without leaving your house." Oh man, yeah. I wish there was a way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That that that's cool. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, I know. I told my girlfriend that I was doing a podcast, and she's like, uh, "Oh, well, I'll see you later." And she was confused that I wasn't, you know, putting on pants or shoes. <laughs> like, why are you in your pajama pants? I'm like, I'm going into my bedroom to do this podcast. <laughs> Did she believe uh, you? <laughs> no, she yeah. thinks I'm crazy. Uh, <laughs> and that I'm just talking to myself and I have a pretend podcast that I do. Um, <laughs> You're faking all the voices. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, she's probably going to break up with me, but who knows? Sorry. <laughs> That's okay, guys. You we know what? We did what we could. Yeah, you know, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, well, it's not real anyway, so whatever. So I saw that you also worked <laughs> on uh, Onion News Network. Is that the show that was on Amazon? Um, no, that was not. Yeah, was there's IFT, a show. Right? Yeah, there was. I think there's a couple of incarnations of it. Um, what I did was I uh, worked on. Well, first there was the web videos. That's how Onion, Onion News Network started, uh, and then they got a show on IFC which I think lasted for two seasons, if I remember correctly. And um, so uh, I worked on that, and then that got canceled. And then I think there was another one on Amazon. I think it was called Onion News Empire, and by then I was not really involved with the Onion anymore. 
Yeah, I don't um, know what it, it lasts. I don't know how because Amazon does it different, where like you vote for the shows that last. And I remember I watched. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, it's like a unique thing. But I only had Amazon Prime for like that thirty days, so that was the only time I could watch it, and <laughs> it was pretty funny. And then I'm not an engaged viewer. Like I just that's I watch things and that's about it. I talk about them, but I don't like write about them or vote. Or you don't vote. Yeah, I'm a, no, I vote in elections, but not oh, well, Amazon, Amazon Prime television. That's a that's a very strange way of. Uh, I I mean, I guess it's that's interesting voting. Like, so you just say like basically live or die. It's like funny or die, but with Amazon Prime, is that basically? I hope I got that right because I I I think I've read that. I could also be wrong, which. Happens if you get it wrong, you're in big trouble. Yeah, Amazon uh, is gonna come down on me hard. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they don't have... know I'm stealing my friend Amanda's account right now to watch things on there. <laughs> ah, well, I just sold myself out. Know. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, yeah. No, I, I, I mean, I, I always thought the Onion News Network was very funny. You know, like it was definitely a hard place to work. Um, because of the, like, I was never a staff writer. I was just, like, a contributor. So I would just email, like, tons of mostly bad ideas every week. And I would only get paid if, uh, like, they liked one. And most of the time there were so many contributors that, you know, they didn't like one. Uh, so it was rough, you know. Um, yeah, it's got to be a tough way to get by as a, as a writer. Yeah, no, it, it it definitely was, but like, I guess the the flip side of that is, I mean, it it worked for them because it, you know, I think that's generally how they've operated. Like, they have a a, a small core staff who is like full time, and then they have like just this army of like contributors, uh, you know, backing them up. I think they do the same thing with Cl- Clickhole now too, where it's just like a very core skeleton crew and then the contributors who get paid almost nothing. And I mean, I guess I, you know, it, it wasn't very, uh, even though I didn't get compensated uh, very, I would say fairly, uh, I, it definitely was good training, like, uh, in like, you know, being able to like, uh, expected to produce a lot of material, you know, um, very quickly. Actually the sum. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Um, no, go this ahead. brings me to a question that I really wanted to ask since I figured um I found that the like online onion news network thing really kind of came into its own during um the Bush Kerry election. Do you think that this current political generation is funnier or less funny than the previous? Oh wow, good question. I, I have no idea. But when you say like uh <laughs> The, the well, I mean, more more comedy bait, basically, more uh, oh, more opportunities just, for comedy. You, oh, you mean in terms of just like the uh, 2016 and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, or, I mean, however you want to take the question, really. Uh, well, I mean, let me see. Um, Sarah Palin is pretty hard to beat, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess I guess every time there's an election, it, it always seems hilarious um but i i mean i yeah it's hard because i feel like i wasn't as fully engaged like in, in it uh, as i as i am now. like this will be my first you know uh election like presidential election with the daily show and right now i mean there are so many um at least on the on the republican side so many hilarious people who want to like make bids like, you know, Jeb Bush, who's just like the cut rate George W. Bush and <laughs> like, uh, well, Mitt Romney, bad ad. That would have been great. Um, Huckabee. Huckabee. Yeah. Like there's, it's looking pretty good. Uh, I mean, Ted right Cruz, now. Chris Christie. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a whole bunch. I, I, I guarantee we see another one at, uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, Rand, Rand Paul. Rand Paul. What's the guy from Pennsylvania? Santorum. Oh, do you think he's gonna? Well, he. Ran, I wonder if he'll run again because uh, you guys had some funny stuff with him. With like, do not Google his name because <laughs> like the Santorum is like something on Urban Dictionary that's really disgusting. Oh yeah, no, I've I've heard of that. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah. 
I I love the Bush first time Bush ran Bush Gore. Those SNL years were so great. Oh yeah, I, I mean that's. I don't know. Can you like, even beat uh, that? When they'd have, they would have like that sketch on SNL would be like, they would make fun of like the real world or like the real with those like reality TV shows or Bush and Cheney would be like living in no not Bush and Cheney, Bush and Gore would be living in the same house and be like lockbox. I remember. Maybe that's also nostalgia because <laughs> I remember maybe that's the first time I was like comprehensively aware of politics and comedy right, yeah. at the same time. Yeah, um, it, it could be. I mean, that was that was pretty absurd. Just hey, the, the whole Daryl Hammond was just incredible. Like, yeah, it's not even fair how good he was. And yeah, it was pretty awesome. Before Will Ferrell took the st- world by storm, rightfully yeah, so. Yeah, right. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's funny. So um, was your goal always to do stand-up? Because one thing I learned about The Daily Show is that like everyone there does stand-up or sketch or is involved in the comedy scene to some to some extent, which I learned that from actually Adam Lash. He was an intern there, and then I think Rory Albanese, he said, yeah. and was the one to like encourage him to do stand-up, and like John Stewart. I was like, oh, He's like, well, you don't say no when that happens, and that's how he ended up becoming a professional stand-up comedian eventually. Oh, that's awesome! Oh, so wow, John Stewart went when uh, Adam was an intern uh, encouraged him. That that's pretty cool. Yeah, he, I guess he uh, talked talked to the interns as he said it, but like. Oh man, that's so neat. Um, no one's ever said a bad word about John Stewart, and I don't expect that to change. So I always thought uh, was until, like, tonight. until tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, John Stewart is like, yeah, well, yeah, he's just the nicest guy. And it's just like when you're at his level, you really don't even need to be. It's, it's you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, this he could uh, he could be the biggest dick. You know, he could pistol whip me every morning He'd still if go he wanted on. to. And I'd be like, oh, thank you. Thank you for <laughs> letting me write for you. You know what I mean? But uh yeah. Uh, no, he, I mean, he's, he's really created a, a great atmosphere over at The Daily Show, you know. It makes you really uh, excited to go to work every day. Um, I love that, but, it invo- that it reaches out farther because, like, there's stand-up shows, like Friends of The Daily Show stand-up shows and, like, yeah. or, like, even, like, The Daily Show without Jon Stewart podcasts, which is fucking wonderful. I don't know if you ever listened yeah. to it. It must be that. Yeah. I don't know. Would you do you listen to it? It'd be weird because it's like you listen to your coworkers. You're like, I already know the I mean, story. I, uh, well, I don't listen to every episode, but I have heard it, and yeah, uh, yeah it's great. You know, I love that. So I, I love um, that it goes out. Kind of touching yeah. on the reach of the Daily Show. Um, I do have to ask: Does it ever get weird when people when you hear people say that they get their news from the Daily Show? Um, it it is weird because. Uh, I would say that, I mean, I'm not, I don't think anybody there, at least any of the writers there are um, thinking about like, oh, we need to educate people about certain things or we need to, like, we're not like a news corporation, you know, like I'm not, I have no background in journalism. So it is very bizarre because, I mean, I'm just my job is to think of jokes about the news, you know what I mean? And, uh, I mean, of course it's usually, I mean, usually we, we tend towards covering the bigger stories and stories that matter to a lot of people, but it is very strange because it's just not like, I don't know. I, I, I you know, I, I'm just not a reporter. I'm just somebody who, I mean, you see my act. I just do <laughs> yeah. dick jokes and stuff, you know, and, Funny dick uh, Yeah, right, pretty much. And it's just sort of like, you know, if left to my own devices, I won't really talk about the news at all. Uh, so it is very strange where I find myself part of this thing where a lot of people depend on it for news. I mean, uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily, I mean, how true it is for everyone, but I mean, I guess it's better that people are paying attention to this news thing than, than nothing, but, uh, yeah, it is, it's always very strange. So was the goal for you, uh, stand-up comedian, is that like the ultimate goal? But like, I know that's a hard thing to ever really just be just a stand-up. Um, is that where well, writing comes into play for like a lot of people? Like you need to, turns out to live somewhere you have to pay, which we all learned. 
Yeah, yeah apparently. Uh, well, I mean, to be honest, um, yes, yeah, st- stand up. Like I, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm really into it now. But uh, like when I first, like I, you know, my goal was always to, like, since uh, college, it was always to do comedy. But um, I, I actually wanted to do like. My goal was to be in like a sketch comedy group, mm. or at least that was my, like, you know, it was just sort of like, that, I think that's sort of like my first love uh, uh, with comedy is like, was Saturday Night Live and the Kids in the Hall and Monty Python. Those were like the things that really, like, uh, inspired me, you know? Um, and I also, you know, loved George Carlin and I loved, uh, you know, Patton Oswalt later on. And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I listened to that stuff in college and I loved it, but I, I never saw myself as really having the confidence to just, like, go on stage with a microphone and just talk. Like, I'm like, I don't think I could ever do that. Um, so my goal was either to be a writer or at least be in a thing where I'm, like, performing but with other people. And uh, so what happened was I went to the city... And over the course of a few years, I just sort of, like, um, tried to start a sketch group, and then it would fall apart because everybody in New York City is always, like, doing a million things, and usually, you know, another thing that they're doing succeeds, and they have to bow out. So, you know, I would, like, try to keep starting these groups, and they would dissolve. And then eventually I was like, oh, wow, uh, this sucks. So I, I just... Uh, was like, I guess I'll just try stand-up because I want to keep performing um, and I want people to know that I'm a good writer uh, and that I can write jokes. So I just decided to like try stand-up to see if I... And I, I just wanted to know if I could do it. Um, but it was never my goal to be a stand-up. It was more like I wanted to be like a writer mostly a writer and also maybe a performer, but mostly a writer. And I wanted people to know who I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I, and then I realized that I actually liked doing stab. It wasn't just a means to an end. Like, uh, nice. Yeah. Even though I, like the thing is like, I am a writer now. I sort of got uh, a thing that I wanted. Like I was like, so like a few years ago, if you told me like, Oh, you're you're gonna be a writer for the Daily Show. I'd be like, oh, I got everything I want. But now it's sort of like I realize I also would like to like grow as a stand-up. Uh, so that now like stand-up has become a thing that I want. Like I want to do. I don't know if I ever. I don't know how possible it is to do it professionally because that just seems like a whole a lot life of touring. Of journey. Yeah, a lot of touring and like acting. Also, yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess you'd have to act, which I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. Like acting in some show or whatever like but uh i yeah i don't know it just seems like a whole other road yeah. to to be a, a uh comedian that people know about and are is fa- famous yeah i i'm kind of it kind of baffles me you know it's hard to think i i, I could be wrong but i think I don't think these days there's anyone who's a comedian who's known solely for being a comedian. I mean, there's got to be like one or two. Like, there's always the exception to the rule. But everyone I like is a writer, actor, comedian, podcast. Like, they have a thousand. You got to do a thousand different things to make it work. I, maybe yeah. like Brian Regan might be the only one I could think of off the top of my head. Like, I think he just does stand up, to my knowledge. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, even like. Louis C.K. I think I, I was just listening to his uh, his old uh, WTF, you know. Oh, that's such a good him. one. Yeah, it's great. He was saying I think he must have been in his like early forties, late thirties until he was able to just like, you know, he was saying like he was touring and supporting himself, doing stand up with no other TV job. Like that didn't happen until I think very much well into his stand-up career, you know, so... And he was a Conan writer for forever. Yeah, right, exactly. And like, Did he work he on like, uh, the Dana Carvey show as well? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, he worked on a bunch of stuff, and I think, you know, he... I know he co-wrote movies with Chris Rock, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, and he was, you know, directed Booty Tang. Like, he had this long... Uh, his F- HBO show... Which is good, right, yeah. but his FX show is way better. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, it's kind of like Woody Allen without being a child molester. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the best of both worlds. Yeah, oh, I don't have to hate you as a human being. Yeah, right. It's great. No, I, um, yeah, it's amazing. I, I wouldn't. I wanted to ask you about nine a.m. meeting. Are you a big animation fan as well? Um, you know, I mean, I like some stuff. I mean, I'm not like huge into it or or, or anything, but I mean, I. Uh, you know, the, the show was very obviously sort of influenced by, um, I don't know if you know Dr. Katz, but... Oh, yeah, a lot of time, I remember that a lot show. Of times people, yeah, people compare us to that, and yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, it's uh, sort of like stand-up comedy, but set to animation, I would say. Do you guys um, remember Shorties watching Shorties that Comedy Central used to do? <laughs> yeah. Shorties... Watching shorties. Um, it was like they would take people's stand-up acts and then make cartoons around it. Oh, when was that? Was that after Dr. Katz? Yeah, because it must have been, right? Maybe I'm wrong. No, it must have well, been post- Dr. Katz. Yeah, I, th- I like think it was like really shortly after Dr. It, Katz. And it wasn't long left. It, no, because right, I remember Dane Cook being at his peak. So maybe we're talking like 04, 05? Oh, that, that was way after then. Yeah, I think Dr. Katz was... That was, like, I was in high 90s. school. Yeah, I remember yeah. being in high school for Doctor Cats, and like right. not understanding it. Right. At that time. Yeah. <laughs> the animation yeah. was like very crude, but like now I look back at it, I was like, wow. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty funny, and uh, yeah, a lot of people like I think Louis C.K. was on on that too. A lot of Mark Maron, I think. Yeah. Right. A lot of people who are huge now are just sort of like these guys, you know. Just early, early stuff for them. Um, I don't remember Shorties watching Shorties though, but it's very short-lived. But I remember really liking it. Oh, I'll check it out if it's on. If it's I on don't know YouTube. if it's on any. You know those things? It's weird. Uh, Split Slider does a great thing every once in a while. They do like the archives and they like pull up shows that you forgot existed. They did a whole thing about like canceled shows on Comedy Central. I for- forgot how many shows that Comedy Central's had over the years. Like. Uh, the Naked Trucker and T-Bone show, like, just Oh, weird. yeah, I remember that. I yeah. remember watching it, but I remember, like, seeing commercials for it. There's a lot of stuff. I remember, yeah. <laughs> when when uh, Split Sider, which I fucking, I go on that site all the time, but you were one of their follow Fridays. Did that, like, did you get any boost from that? I've always wondered when I see people on there. Um, did I get any boost? Uh, like, like Twitter followers, of, like, at Twitter least? Followers? I think probably a couple, uh... I don't know if it necessarily, um, you know, prob- probably some. I th- there there's like a couple of times where I really re- remember uh, a dramatic increase in my Twitter following, and and I think a lot of it was uh, I think Rob Delaney like maybe once or twice retweeted a couple of things, and you know that really helped me early on. I, I yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if. Uh, I, I, I guess the split cider thing helped too. It was a while ago. Yeah, I can't even remember. I'm, I'm sure it helped. Rob Delaney's fucking funny. Twitter, I like yeah. Twitter, and it's fun, but it's hard when you follow people who try to be funny and aren't. It's like annoying as hell. But when you find someone who's actually funny, like Rob Delaney or you, it like it, it's worth it. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, when you say uh, people, um, you mean just like comedians or just like just people who are trying to be funny? Comedians, like comedians who aren't like well established and like right, they try to yeah. do all and which I get where they're coming from. I don't judge anyone because like you know it's not my profession by any means. But like you know like someone who's like wants to start comedy and they focus on the digital aspect first. And you know, sure, yeah, there's some growing pains and like. I, no, yeah, definitely. I mean, if you go back early with me, not that I'm like so great now. I mean, a lot of my tweets suck, and a lot of times I just put it on Twitter because I'm like, I would never say this out loud. That's why I'm tweeting it. Um, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it, they're definitely. I think that's the right word is growing pains. Like, you know, somebody might not be funny for the first five years that are on Twitter, but then maybe sometimes something clicks, and I've, I've seen that happen too. Like. People who are like used to have less followers than I do, and now have like four times my followers because they like kept, you know, uh, this, you know, generating this output, and a lot of it was bad, a lot of it was misspelled, but then all of a sudden, like I, all that works 
pays off, you know? Mm-hmm. You just, just sort of get the, uh, I don't know what happens, but you, you just sort of find your voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. But you know, I've seen a lot of... A lot of forever. What? <laughs> well, I've seen a lot of people who... I don't think they would necessarily be like well suited to the stage, but at the same time, their tweets are so good that they develop this huge following. And it's really strange to just see these like two comedic worlds that kind of don't really touch each other. Yeah, no, I I feel the same way. And and there are people who are hilarious on stage who, who on, if you just look at their Twitter feed, you're like, yeah, this doesn't really, um, Make I don't I don't get it when you're just reading their their thoughts. It's like oh you yeah. you need their likable charisma and energy to really back up the things that they say. Um, yeah, I know, and it's funny. I'm always coming across people with like thousands of thousands of followers, and I've never heard of them, but uh, they're like Twitter famous, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> the new subsect of like YouTube and Twitter stars and stuff. It's a it's yeah. an interesting time, like. Um, I was watching comedians in cars getting coffee, and I, and Jerry Seinfeld had like a YouTube star on there that I'd never heard of, and I was like, oh, really? "Why is Jerry Seinfeld showing me the next generation of comedians?" Which good good for Jerry. Also, he <laughs> sucks at Twitter, by the way. Oh, he does. Yeah, I didn't. I just unfollowed him. Which Jerry Seinfeld doesn't need to be good at Twitter. It's fine. But uh, no, yeah, uh, that's funny. I, I have to check out his Twitter. Um, yeah, you know, just very. I'll be. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't very good. But like, is it just sort of like not even? Because a lot of times, and I understand this. Like, they're just sort of promoting their yeah shows or projects without even like. What sometimes I almost prefer that. Just sort of like, okay, this is a promotional page. I'm not going to like try yeah stuff out. I don't know. And you don't do it too. And you don't want to do it too. It's a weird thing. And I wonder how much of like if you're famous on Twitter. I mean, I hope for some people that does. Uh, turn into like butts in the seats at shows. Like I think it's a combination of everything nowadays. Like you could probably have a million Twitter followers and have no one come to your show, and then have like ten thousand Twitter followers and sell a place out, and then you know be good at stand up. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. It's it's an interesting yeah. time. Uh, do you Absolutely. Ever, uh... I mean, I think it kind of translates into just another promotional tool, and right. that definitely touches a little on what what Matt was saying just now, where I think it's like people kind of they start focusing on the promotional tool first because they think that that's how they're gonna that's how they're gonna put butts in seats and right yeah it takes them takes them a while to figure out that that's not really where it's coming from exactly yeah you have to also be funny too it's yeah it's, it's tough. <laughs> it is tough um had you ever perform at qed in astoria qed um i think i think that's where they record like mike in the or Keith and the Real Girl, like a friend of mine, bartend just started bartending there. She said a lot of like Daily Show people perform there. Um, I don't think I have now. Um, it's it's a bar. I've never actually been there. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I haven't been. I you know, honestly, uh, I I feel like I've I've maybe done at most one show in Astoria. I don't go there very often. Um, I used to live there, but like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Why do you ask? Oh, just a friend of mine just started working there recently, so oh, I guess okay. she said a lot of people from like that world of like Daily Show, Colbert, not anymore, but like Larry Wilmore, like right. perform there. I they live in Astoria, so I'm just curious. Oh yeah, no, I know there's a lot of comedians who live in Astoria and do stuff there, but I never make it out. Yeah, there's. I think there's a small scene kind of developing there as well which is awesome um yeah which is great um well thank you um so much uh nate or matt if you have anything like i left out or last questions uh oh nate oh well, nate. yeah i guess any, if anyone wants to talk um and like so no, I, matt, can't, I can't really think of anything yeah uh, so no, like, me where, neither. where could people like follow you online and stuff and oh I'll, they uh, can follow me on twitter Oh yes, I'm still, try- I'm still trying to find my voice. But, uh, <laughs> it's Matt uh, Cough, not Adam Cough. Can don't pull the me and get the name wrong for like six months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I by the way, I respect your tenacity. I feel like if it were if I were in your place, I'd be like, oh, I can't remember that guy's name. I just would have given up. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny because this happened to me, Nate, before. we uh, The same theater, we saw uh, Eugene Merman and Kurt Braunholler, and they yeah. had an opener. And he wasn't a comedian. He was a poet, and he was oh, so good, and we have no idea his name. Oh, you, you never found it out? Never, because, you know, like... I, I come from, I'm like I came from like the punk scene growing up and like punk shows and like DIY shows there's always flyers but like in the comedy world it doesn't have that same thing so it's like they have the marquee and then like that's it so like there was not like a flyer I had like Kurt Braunholler or Eugene Merman and and I loved his set to this day I can't remember I had no idea his name and he was so good Wow that that's interesting so, have you well, you know, I, have you? Uh, I don't put Googled much effort it? into. It. No, you know, I, I usually <laughs> think about it once in a great while. But I wonder who that was. A couple, a quick Google search, and then you can't figure it out, and then you quit because, like, you know, if I wasn't talking to Kevin Bertini because of the show, I probably would have never figured out who you were, either. Oh man, wait! I just just Googled it. Is it? Or maybe you don't know, Derek Brown? Maybe. <laughs> I hope. Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I just seen. Uh, when did you see them? Do you remember? A year ago, two years ago, two years ago at least, uh, right, Nate? Yeah. Was it really yeah, that okay. long? Maybe th- I ran into Nate. We, I I actually didn't really know Nate yet at that time. We've only met a couple times, and we ran into each other there. Yeah, that's a, that was the first. I was shortly after that. That was the first time I was ever on your show. Yeah, I was even before I even had the podcast. So it has to be at like two years ago. Huh. maybe it was. Well, <laughs> it might it might be uh, his his name might be Derek Brown. <laughs> Thanks, Derek Brown. <laughs> Thank you, Derek Brown. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll put an intro up in the front too, so like I'll plug all your site and all that good stuff too. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm still torn around with the Daily Show. Uh, you know, the writers and uh, we're, I, when when does this podcast go up? I like, whenever you want. Oh, okay. Uh, well, we are. Uh, oh, one thing. I mean, the Daily Show writers are are going to be performing at the Wilmer, Wilbur Theater. Um, and that's going to be on uh, Saturday, March fourteenth. Um, so, so feel free to. Yeah, I can get it up around like that weekend and like the, the, the like the Thursday before. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Or like the uh, Monday before, I can like time it out like that. I'm good like that. It's cool. <laughs> oh man, awesome! You're bigger than the podcast, so that makes you feel better. <laughs> All right. <Yeah. laughs> Uh, take that podcast. Yeah, no, um, we, we were oh. super excited to have you on. This is so fun. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this is great. Well, thanks, guys. Um, yeah, uh, great, great chat with you, and and uh, yeah, but, you know, maybe I'll see you next time. I'm in Providence. <laughs>